Hello, everyone. Welcome to Podcast of the Nerd. I'm Ian. I don't know why I get stage fright every time I start recording. There's no one here. I'm sitting in the room. I'm talking into a microphone. I'm looking at a camera. Uh, oh, and that's the wrong <laughs> I was going to work up to uh, the picture that was just showing in the visual version. Um, anyway, hey, how are ya? We're doing 16 minutes today. So, let me go ahead and hit start on that. Um, it's Wednesday, November 27th. I don't remember what episode of the show this is. I believe we're on episode 5. Um, happy early Thanksgiving. I was thinking about it today, and uh, I think I definitely was willow cynical about the holidays, or used to be, when I was younger. Um, the greeting card attitude about it, and definitely didn't hold on to things. But definitely now that I'm get getting older, I just like to eat. You know, a, a lot of times uh, I bait myself into going to bed by thinking about all the good food that I'm going to be able to eat the next day. Uh, I, I I do enjoy me some food. So, yeah, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I'm spending time with my sister and mother in Denver, and I think we're going to go see Ford versus Ferrari. I used to work at uh, my earliest jobs and still some of my favorite jobs were movie theater jobs, uh, tending tickets, cleaning the theater, so forth. I don't know why I love that kind of job so much, but there's, I, it's funny, any job where I got to kind of develop a consistent camaraderie or a relationship with the people that I was working with tended to be my favorite jobs. And, you know, there's nothing like retail, which, uh, I guess, you know, uh, movie jobs tend to be to really bond a group of people together. Sorry, I'm going to open a Red Bull here. And working at the movie theater, you know, you get those rushes periodically, and it's like going to war with uh, the team that you're with. I've had several movie theater jobs over the course of time, including a couple of stories that I eventually want to turn into a nerd chipper. The uh, the buffalo wing story. One of the most concise and clear experiences I've ever had where no one was looking and I had the decision of whether or not to do the right thing or the easy thing. But anyway, it's Wednesday. We're buried in snow here in Colorado. I'm pretty sure walking around in a blizzard is my most pure state of joy. As you can, if you're watching the visual version on the channel, uh, tell by the photo behind me. Every time there's a blizzard, uh, I do enjoy just going out and going for a hike. Growing up in Illinois, you, there were no... I, I don't remember if we ever had a snow day. Maybe we had a snow day once in... The five or six years, you know, I, I, I was junior high school to high school in Illinois... And you go out the door, it's not just the temperature, it's that wind. And it's like getting hit in the face with a paddle full of nails. I would rather be freezing than too hot. You know, it's impossible to be fogged and 
you know, you can be depressed when it's hot outside. When it's cold outside, you're, you're too cold to be depressed. You know, uh, nothing wakes you up like that, that just beating icy wind in the face. And as you can see in the uh, photo, listeners, sorry about that. I have quite the icy snow beard. That was about um, a two-hour walk out in the blizzard. A lot of fun. Anyway, I'm at the point with the uh, the beard where it's getting so long, I either need to commit to growing a Santa beard until after Christmas or go ahead and trim everything back down and get it all organized again. Yeah. So gray. So gray. Anyway... Little, so what are we talking about today? Little, I'm going to try and keep things a little more on the short side. Last uh, podcast was 50 minutes. I have no idea how many of you are listening or how many of you listen to the end. Um, today, uh, we'll do a report on the goals that I had for last week. Tell you a little bit about the vacation trip I took. And uh, we're going to start, I'm going to start a new weekly thing, uh, which I'm doing with Jack. It's the list of shame. Finally tackling my movie list of shame. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And then we're going to wrap up uh, with this week's fan fiction reading. And I'm, I'm making some slight alterations to that, which we'll get into in a minute. So, uh, report on last week's goals, given it's Wednesday. I think you already know how one of them went. Uh, I was keeping things light due to the trip. I flew to Wisconsin on Thursday, came back Sunday. Uh, but first goal, finish and post the audio commentary. That was done. Respond to any messages from OKCupid, the Cupid, or, you know, anything really. Didn't receive any. So, nailed it. 5,000 steps, uh, morning walk every day. I'm actually pretty happy with this one. Disregarding the vacation, I think I'm batting uh, 75% on that one. And I have been complaining to friends for a while about not having any uh, reason or occasion to listen to podcasts or to listen to an audiobook. And boy, have I been enjoying that. Um, uh, I listen to the Slash Film podcast. They're terrific. Um, I, I, I follow Jeff Kanata, who started the Totally Rad show over... I, I think it's over a decade ago now with um, Alex Albrecht and, um, oh, geez, Danny. He directed the last, it's not like they're listening. <laughs> anyway, um, he does the Slash Film Podcast, and it is terrific. Been getting to catch up on that. Um, I, I definitely want to go through Lonnie's uh, back catalog, her uh, podcast catalog is enormous, and I had an Audible subscription for two years. They give you three, two or three credits a week, and ended up not uh, accumulating a large library and not listening to anything. I am the whale. If you have a subscription service or a gym, uh, you want customers like me who pay for subscriptions and don't take advantage of them. Uh, notorious for that. Although, since going full-time out of necessity, I've had to scale back. Anyway, um, been enjoying the daily walk so much that um, that's actually the photo that you can see on your screen is uh, the walk that I did yesterday. 
listening to DLC. Uh, last goal, intermittent fasting until the trip. Uh, picking it up when I get back and talking to you again on Monday. Less successful on that one, maybe three out of the three days out of that week. Um, back on that as of today. Yes, even with Thanksgiving, but that's the beautiful thing about intermittent fasting. The thing they always say about a diet is, you know, at the end of the day, it's just calories in, calories out, whether you're doing keto. Uh, I've done the good heart diet. I've done keto. I've done a number of other things. It's just the main thing that you're looking for is how easily you can stick to it and uh, turn it into a, you know, a long-term life kind of thing. So I think, I think this is, this is very doable. Never really been much of a breakfast person either. Uh, don't like sweet, not big on eggs, not big on cereal. It, it sh should be a relatively easy meal for me to omit. And the last thing was to have the podcast up earlier on Monday. Moving on. So... How was the trip? Went to Wisconsin, uh, spent some time with a group of guys. That's what... <laughs> uh, that's my friend BJ. Uh, spent some time with a group of guys I've known for years. Trip was good. I wouldn't call it relaxing. A uh, lot of dudes. A lot of man flesh. Uh, anxiety. And that's... You know, large groups are kind of an anxiety and ADD trigger for me. Uh... You know, it is what it is. It's, 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 I don't, generally don't let that be a, you know, a, a guide as to whether or not I choose to spend time uh, with people, but it is a factor, you know. For me, the sweet spot is around two or three people. Once uh, the group of people that I'm with starts getting larger than that, I can really start to struggle with focus and get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, so uh, this you know this was six to ten dudes, and uh, we're getting older. Every one of us is steadily crossing the that that forty yard line, and I know everyone says age is relative. I get it, but that one feels relevant. It's 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 the you're no longer young. Your body is doing just progressively more and more weird stuff and you just can't hang out the way you used to which is something we kind of steadily I personally kind of steadily discovered over the course of the weekend which was like this groundhog day cycle of imbibing and agonizing recovery the next day and then sort of right back in there now just being very honest with you about something because I want this to be an honest an open exchange of ideas. I do enjoy drinking. Shocking twist, I know. Uh, we're all drawn to one particular kind of vice or another. I believe you can turn hot yoga into heroin. Uh, this one just happens to be mine. And it might have something to do with the fact that when I was like 18, 21, went to college, uh, if, if you're listening in another country... Um, uh, I was just listening to a, oh, it was the Joe Rogan podcast. I was listening to a gentleman talk about how studies have shown just how much alcohol culture is such a thing in the States. And I, you know, I, I never drank in high school. 
I think I had one. I had one experience uh, sophomore year, which was the first time I ever had a drink. My uh, my <laughs> my my uh, dad and my stepmom were out. They were taking a trip, and I had just been to a party with a friend of mine, uh, and he had bought us all large pizzas each and a two liter of soda. You know, and I'm all of. 140 pounds at that point so didn't finish the pizza but came back to the house and there were high school dudes smoking outside of the house and i didn't know what to say i brought the pizza go inside and my stepsister lauren is having a party house is packed she grabs the pizza out of my hand sits me down in the chair pours a shot and puts it in front of me there's a table full of high school students around and they're all looking at me and lauren says Ian, you don't have to do this if you don't want to. <laughs> Which I appreciated, even if it was uh, uh, a relatively stacked deck. Uh, so that was the first time. Didn't have another drink again, and I don't think until I went to college. But then college, the freshman year in college, uh, I was in the dorms, had a roommate, there were two guys across the hall, two guys to the right, and then two guys across from them, and then a couple of guys down the hall. All but two of us either failed or dropped out of college. We were having uh, keggers in the dorms. You know, I, I, I was a rail until freshman year and then just ballooned up to what I thought was high at the time. Uh you know, it, the, there are various factors that kind of go into it. I, 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 I don't blame, especially today. You know, the I, I, I don't blame my own physical state or mental state on experiences from a long time ago. But it is just so, just sort of tracking history. But uh, you know, the old saying is, "Drinking is like paying for fun with credit." You Oh, back the next day, I think something like that. The point where the, it was such a, I, I was feeling so repeatedly miserable. But by the final day, I just said, "I yeah, I'm out. Uh, this is not. I, I, we're, you know, we're just gonna hang out." And and no one's, you know, we're all there were all fathers and with kids and and stuff like that. It's just, it's just one of those moments where I I I wasn't overdoing anything, but I still was feeling terrible the next day and just kind of noticing. Uh, the combination of age and physical state and things just not being fun in the way that they were before. You know, I'm really there for the people and those friends and um, just decided to dial things back and, and probably and felt great the next day and, and had the, the, the best evening that I had had there. So, you know, I think other than the occasional bad decision stream, which are still a ton of fun, uh, and, you know... A, a, a tumbler of wine while editing. Um, I may just kind of keep that up in my daily life. I'm also just getting tired of feeling unhealthy all the time. <coughs> you know, it adds to depression. I'm very prone to mental ruts and, and all the extra calories just don't help. And, you know, it doesn't work with intermittent fasting. So good trip, great people. Uh, I love those guys. Uh, just, you know... This is the 40 year, and I'm just kind of noticing those things as they come up, you know. Uh, 
I remember <laughs> there's <laughs> I, I think I talked about it last week or the week before the way that just getting older is this weird process of narrowing down possibilities. <laughs> You know your story. Uh, your story. Uh, everyone's story ends in the same way. The, the 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 last chapter all has the same, the same period. Um, it's just a matter of, as the as the story goes on, you know you're 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 doing one kind of thing. And I remember being uh, at the age where I I wanted to be a point. Oh, timer's done. Wow, that always goes faster than expected. I wanted to be a point guard for the Chicago Bulls. And then you reach an, a certain age where you, you you realize, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, I wanted I, when I was in high school, I think I wanted to be George Lucas. Get to a certain age where it's like, well, you know, and I, I of course, I'm everyone's prone to uh, those stories of people who who did the the great things. You know, Norman McLean wrote "A River Runs Through It." In his eighties, or or something like that. But I'm just saying, nonetheless, there is there is a process of letting go of certain things as you get older, and it's it's it can be depressing, or it can be something to make peace with. You know, I I don't believe that the 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 thought itself is weighted one way or another emotionally it's just more a process of noticing things as, as they go on um you know on the other on the other hand um the past five years have probably been the greatest five years of my life uh where i've done the work that i'm the most proud of and and uh have relationships with my friends and family that that specifically family that are better than they ever have been um so it's just interesting. Just, I'm not drawing conclusions, just noticing the details, you know. I'm never going to be a point guard for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jack and I are starting something new. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jack is a part of the Passion of the Nerd team. He is my Australian friend. Met him on the internet. <laughs> you know. Uh, so anyway, so uh, the list of shame. List of shame is the the list of movies and television shows that people tend to say you've never seen. Whenever you tell them that you haven't seen it, and I, I, I was talking about this in relationship to the Criterion Collection a couple of weeks ago, where I, I believe it's incumbent on someone in my position or doing the kinds of things that I am doing to regularly be broadening their palate and trying new things and consuming, um, you know, a wider variety, getting out of the wheelhouse, you know, consuming a wide variety of art. The problem that I've always noticed is I've always had those intentions and then it's just easy to not do it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very, very, very much a creature of habit. And the, the, the first time I ever noticed it, I added uh, Seven Samurai the Kurosawa classic to my Netflix queue back when discs were still a thing. And, uh, you know, I, intentions. There's a baby crying in the background. Sorry about that. She's having a rough go of it today. But um, good intentions. The intentions to sit down and, and, and 
and watch the good stuff or watch the classic stuff. And but it's just it, it was always so easy to go. Eh, I'm gonna watch the next Transformers instead, and then m- perpetually move Seven Samurai down the queue. So. Jack and I were talking about it, and uh, by virtue of this podcast, which is actually having an effect on me, I think, uh, making me more proactive about these kinds of things, I've it's just been something I've been thinking about, and Jack wanted to do it as well, and so we thought, if as a as a as a friendship bonding event, uh, we can sit through, you know. Anna Karenina or, or Seven Samurai together. So we're starting that this week. We went through and made our uh, list of shame, which I have right here, if you're watching on the visual. Now, the criteria here. First of all, we just both kind of ran through our favorites to make sure that each other had seen them. Then we went through all of the Oscar winners, which I have feelings about and we may actually get into when it's Oscar season. Every year I try and watch and review all the Oscars, and this year will be no different. Close that. And then we went through the IMDb Top 20 by genre. So Top 20 animated, Top 20 whatever. Anything we hadn't seen, uh, either one, the other, or both of us, we added it to the list. And then I did um, the Ebert Greatest List. Ebert's Greatest List, you know, there's hundreds of movies on the Ebert's Greatest List. Now, for now, we're mostly skipping foreign films. Mostly and for now. Uh, there's, there is enough to chew through uh, in this list. So, and just by virtue of the fact that we'll be watching together on Skype and... Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was just a kind of an off-the-cuff decision. But the solution to the Seven Samurai problem. So there are things on this list that um, are not greatest films of all time. I'm looking at the... Sec- I mean, I don't, Evil Dead's one of the most notable horror but I'm not seeing one off. I'm not sure the Constant Gardener would be uh, in the list of all time. But Jack hadn't seen it, and I enjoyed that movie and wanted to rewatch, so, so we added it. Jack uh, told me that he hadn't seen... He'd seen only two Tom Cruise movies. We're going to fix that problem. We're watching Cocktail. Cocktail's on this list. You know, along with uh, The Great Escape, The Great Dictator, Grapes of Wrath, you know, the the sort of classic film. So uh, the solution to the Seven Samurai problem that we came up with is to create the list and then use a random number generator to select from the list. And the first three movies that we selected are, uh, number one, Edge of Tomorrow, which he had not seen, Some Like It Hot, the AFI best comedy of all time, and it's it's in most top ten lists. Neither of us have seen that, and neither of us have seen Lawrence of Arabia. So if you want to follow along, uh, Lawrence of Arabia is this week's, and uh, I'm going to be talking about it next week. I'm not sure what the 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 challenge of this project is, is imagine someone watching uh you know Code of Honor from Star Trek the Next Generation without context you know that's always the issue with classics is I don't think it's it's enough 
in most cases, there are timeless classics. That's really the difference, isn't it? Is um, you don't need context in order to enjoy the film. But there are a lot of movies on here that um, are important because of the time that they occurred in. And I'm not sure how to account for that as a part of this process. I may read uh, the Ebert essays on them or uh, spend some time on Wikipedia for each one. But lacking that context, you know, someone watches Code of Honor from Next Generation, what, 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 what the hell am I watching? You know, I, I think it's important to understand the evolution of the media and the evolution of the art and, and why the thing was significant to the time period. I'm just not sure how to go about finding that information for myself personally in uh, the movies on this list. But this is an evolving process, and, you know, this podcast is an evolving thing, so we'll see. I, I may even, I'm going to uh, maybe record a spot with Jack, where he and I talk about uh, Lawrence of Arabia and feelings about it, which I will include in the podcast next week. So, but if you do want to follow along and be a part of the discussion, Lawrence of Arabia is the one for Monday. So, goals for between now and Monday. Number one, finish a video, specifically an episode guide, period. All stop. Uh, with Nerd Chipper, so that's going to be Bushwhacked Firefly. With Nerd Chipper coming up next week and the lapse since the previous episode guide, there are really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I'm considering putting a moratorium on this podcast until that's done. If you don't hear from mon me on Monday, you'll know why. I'm just trying. I don't know how Stella got her groove back. Maybe that should be on the list so that I can figure out how to get mine if I ever had it. Anyway, balance is still important. That's been a tough lesson to learn. Uh, even when I'm frustrated with performance on the channel, I need to be doing other things as well. So three messages online, respond to any, keep up 5,000 steps a day, and um, try one new thing. Doesn't matter what. If you have any suggestions, uh, throw them in the comments. Try one new thing, anything. A uh, list of shame doesn't count, and... I may put the caveat on that it can't be something watched because that's too easy. Need a new experience, something. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know, that you don't know what you don't know, you know? <laughs> sort of uh, shining lights into dark corners and it's hard to invent a thing that you don't know uh, it's the remember all. I've forgotten what I've forgot to remember. But uh, I will report in. If you have any suggestions, let me know. I'm also having surgery on Monday for this little boo boo. Always wear a hat and sunscreen, friends. But uh, podcast will be up before I head to the table. Probably. Excuse me. All right. So before we get into. Uh, today's reading, uh, I am at Ian Nitrum on Twitter. YouTube.com slash Passion of the Nerd is the main channel. PassionOfTheNerd.com. We have a new commentary up. 
by virtue of the goals for last week. Sat down with Lonnie, and she and I cackled through when Harry met Sally. The, I mean, greatest romantic comedy of all time? Right? What are the contenders? Roman Holiday? Uh... Annie Hall, which is now aging poorly by virtue of the creator. It's hard to do. It. Someday I want to talk about art versus the artist, which I, I've mentioned before, but hard to separate the artist when the artist is in the art, you know, and noticeably so. Anyway, uh, that's the second commentary up. We have one for uh, the Buffy movie. The commentaries are $2 and help keep me flush with spicy chicken sandwiches. Also have a new shirt on the store, the Firefly Episode Guide shirt. Um, hoping to add some more this week, but man, I've got to make the next Episode Guide video the priority. This is uh, this has got to stop. Got to got got to break through. Got to break through. Anyway, for today's reading, I'm changing things up a bit. Rather than just reading a little bit of a different story each time, I thought, why don't we instead? Uh, read one chapter from the same story, start to finish. So, and then maybe compile the recordings into an audio file and put it on the website for free when all done. By the way, if you're wondering what my selection process for these has been, it's very scientific. I go over to the Buffy section of fanfiction.net and sort by favorites. If you have, I'm, I'm up for any suggestions. Uh, otherwise, this is really my first foray into fan faction. Okay, here we go. Uh, take two on the reading. Apparently, my well, I was just talking about how detailed and significant my vetting process is for these, and then got about halfway reading through this one. And realized it was a dirty fanfic, and it's a family show. So, uh, I've made another selection. This is Here Is Gone by Terry Boda. Actually read through some reviews, so we'll give this a try. Here Is Gone, uh, BT, uh, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fanfiction by Terry. Spike knew he'd been in the cave for a long time. He had flashes of memory during lucid times, bits of recollection and consciousness. But he was coming around now, waking from the nightmare that never seemed to end. He was weak and starved and battered. Wounds aren't healing too well, he thought to himself, not doing the Spike accent. Sorry, guys. Good. The pain meant he was suffering and he deserved to suffer for all he had done, for all the pain he'd caused, all the grief. He was evil a parasite on the earth. But he had chosen this, fought for it. The soul was to be his reward. If it's a reward, then why does it hurt so damn much? He had known, of course, known from Angelus's ordeal, what a soul could do to a vampire. But he had hoped, since he had sought the soul willingly, that the powers would go easy on him. Besides, Angelus had been infinitely more evil and depraved than Spike could ever hope to be. It had been one of fledgling Spike's many failings. It would seem that he had been wrong, and the powers hadn't decided to make it easy for him. If anything, they delighted in torturing him with his own memories. He remembered screaming, a never-ending wail that erupted from his throat in an endless howl of grief. He saw the faces of the victims, 
the crimes he had committed, the atrocities done at his hand. Pain suffused through his entire being, and he opened his mouth to scream again, but only a raw croak came out. He was too weak, too starved. Even drawing breath took supreme effort. There was something very seriously wrong. What is happening to me? He thought to himself. You are dying, came the booming voice of the demon who had done this to him. He was too weak to move, too weak to even lift his head. He barely had the strength to open his eyes and blink owlishly into the darkness. Soon you will be nothing but a desiccated corpse, a fitting end to such a pathetic creature. But I, I won. I passed your trials. To pass, you have to survive. I'm still here, not giving up. A low chuckle rumbled through the cavern. Feisty one you are, but there is nothing I can do to help you now. You've been here for months, and your wounds are not healing, except the inevitable vampire. He closed his eyes. He felt the tears building behind the lids, but he held them back with all the strength he could muster. Send me back, then. If I am to die, I want to die at home. Another laugh. You think your demon friend can help you, the one who sent you to me, or your mortal love? She cares nothing for you. You will not be missed. Don't care. If she stakes me, at least it will be quicker than this. Do you think so? Besides, I need to tell her before I go that I'm sorry. Sorry for everything. Do you now? Gotta do it. Gotta make amends. I wish I could go back, back before this all happened. Do it different. Really? The demon's voice had changed. It was still deep and mocking, but... Now there was an expectant tone to it. If I could do it over again, fix it, make it better, that'd be good. He let out a sigh, and it cost him dearly. One of his fingers twitched. So lurky, he croaked. So lurky, he croaked, blood flecking on his lips from his raw throat. You gonna send me back to Sunny Hall or what? Silence. Well, he tried again his voice barely a whisper. Get on with it. Haven't got all day. Did the accent there. More silence, and he had begun to think that the demon was going to let him just die in this cave, when it spoke again, its voice both mocking and admiring at the same time. You are amusing, vampire. And worthy. Granted. Okay, that worked out better. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't say nipples uh, in the podcast and keep a straight face. So that other story wasn't going to work out for us. Trust me. Anyway, have a great rest of your week. We'll pick this story up next week. Don't worry about eating too much. It's the holidays. You're supposed to. Just give yourself a break. And I'll see you in a week.